0: God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Amen. Uh, Happy Easter to everyone. Uh, Today I want to talk about the covenant. Uh, At this time we're celebrating Easter. Uh, the covenant promises, really focusing more on the covenant, because we really need to understand what covenant is. Covenant means cut to cut. To cut. That's what the word means, covenant. So we have the old covenant, and we also have the new covenant. Uh, That's the old covenant that God cut with us, uh, with mankind, and then the new covenant which is uh, a covenant that is better than the previous one that God caught with mankind. So we're going to be talking more about the covenant today and focusing on, on Jesus. Jesus made that covenant with us and the covenant is referred to as an everlasting covenant between you and God that's cutting a covenant between you and God. Now, if you read in Matthew chapter 27, you will, which you go back down to uh, verse 45, you'll notice that when Jesus was hanging on the tree or on the cross, there was darkness in the whole earth. In other words, the earth recognized, just as it says in Romans, that the whole creation groans and waits Earnestly, for the manifestation of the sons of God, your life is so important to the universe. And so when Jesus was hanging on the cross, the sun refused to give a light, no light. That was too much for the sun to see. Jesus dying on the cross. They, the whole universe recognized who was dying. and the earth refused, the, the sun, even the moon. According to the scripture, everything was dark. And the Bible tells us for three hours, Jesus never spoke one word. That's an amazing thing. It was dark from 12 to 3 p.m. on the day Jesus died. Not a word. He was absorbing everything. People were talking to him, but he said nothing. They accused him, he said nothing. He was just there, no noise, nothing, except there was total darkness, signifying where we are coming from. He is the light. Total darkness. And the first thing that came out of his mouth was, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's in verse 46 of... Matthew chapter 27. Those were the very first things that came out of his mouth. Let me say this. The pain of the nails, the hanging of the cross, was not as great as the pain of the Father abandoning him at that point. When a person is not regenerated, you don't know God, you don't feel the difference. Whether God's with you or not, you don't know the difference. But when you know God, because they were one for the first time from eternity past, for the very first time, He was separated from His Father. When He needed His Father the most, for my sake, and because of my sins, for once from eternity past, the Father left Him. And that was more painful Than the nails. More painful. Than what he was going through. Notice. Jesus was. We are told. That he is the mediator. Between man and God. He was hanging. Between heaven and earth. Hanging up there. Reconciling. Heaven. With the earth. He was just between them. And if you read in the scriptures, if you read in in Leviticus chapter 16, he said the the, the sheep has to be born outside the camp. And the Hebrews tells us Jesus also was crucified outside the gates. And he was our scapegoat for everything that we've done. In the Old Testament, in Leviticus chapter 16, the priests will actually lay their hands they, and confess the sins. They have two goats, one he goat, one to be killed in the tabernacle, and one to be sent into the wilderness. No one will ever see that goat. He's gone forever. But the whole of Israel, I mean, sins, the sin of the whole nation is placed upon that he goat, and they'll confess it upon that he goat, and then they release it that some men would take their goats into the wilderness and release the goat over there, never to be seen again. But that was covering for their sin. And so Jesus died also without the gate, outside the gates, For us. For us. Let me say this. He was forsaken once. And the Bible says, the cross tells us, For at the end of ages, once and for all, He brought unity between God and man. The cross separated eternity past, the middle of eternity past, and eternity to come. It's right there. That's what divides the two. The cross. God forsook Him once. From eternity past, they've always been together. Now for once, God forsook Him so that you can never be forsaken. No matter what you've done, no matter what's going on in your life, God can never forsake you. It's impossible. As long as you are in human flesh that Jesus Himself took, you will have to decide you don't want Him. But today, many of us are going to come to Him because that's why He died. That's why He hung on the cross. For you, I put him there. I put him there. He cried out for us. Jesus was actually establishing the new covenant in his blood on that day. He was establishing his new covenant in his blood. He was forsaken by God. And if you read in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3, he says he was despised. And rejected by men. He had no one. Men rejected Him and God also. For your sake. So that no matter what rejection you felt in this life. God can heal that. No matter what's happened to you in your past. Even if you feel rejected today. Take it to the cross. Just go to the cross. And talk, about the, talk to God about the things that's happened to you. Why you feel so, so alone. When you leave the cross, the place of the cross, that feeling of rejection, I don't care what's happened, that's totally gone. It's a miracle that God does. He was rejected by men, so that you will never feel the pain of rejection in this life. I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That's what the scripture tells us. So Jesus made that commitment for us. He was rejected by man and he was rejected by God. He says he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with griefs. He knew what pain is. He knew what it meant to be in grief and in sorrow. And he went through that not for himself but for us so that we can be free from all of that. He established the covenant for us. His blood. And has promises of that covenant. In 1 John chapter 5 verse 7 through 8. He tells us plainly what this is. He says, for there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father The Word, because Jesus was the Word before He became flesh. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. They agree in heaven. And on earth, there are also three that bear witness here on the earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three also agree in one. So, on earth... There's got to be the blood. And the blood from the word of God, the water and the Holy Spirit. That's the answer to every problem on earth. Amen? That's the answer to every single problem on earth. The blood of Jesus. It bears witness for us on the earth. When Jesus died on the cross... He didn't just die to cover sin. He died to put away sin. Jesus' death was to put away sin. In the Old Testament, it was just for sins to be covered so that God can be around man. But with Jesus, sin was totally put away so that there is no condemnation for those who believe in Christ. And Hebrews chapter 10 makes it very clear that we should no longer have a consciousness of sin. In other words, when you come to God, and many of us are going to come to Him today, once you make that commitment, you don't feel like you are a sinner anymore because you are born again. Can I hear an amen? You are born again. Please understand, forgiveness from God, it, just don't, it doesn't mean just to be forgiven. Forgiveness based on the blood of Jesus transforms a man's life. We are not just forgiving. We are being transformed by the blood of Jesus Christ who died on the cross for us. When you ask for forgiveness, God forgives your sins, but he also changes your nature. You become a new creation. And you have to believe this for it to happen to you. It's a miracle that God does. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, he says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature. All things are passed away. So that blood was the life of God. And when you receive Jesus into your life, that life of God that you receive, it transforms you. You are forgiven and your life is totally transformed. That's what Jesus came to do for us. Our lives are completely transformed by His death on the cross. Because He came to put away sin. So you obtain His own DNA and you are born again. You heard the term before? Born again? Meaning, yes, I was this kind of person. But now, through Christ, my life has been transformed. God has changed me into a new person. When Jesus died, there were certain things that happened that are really difficult to un- to understand. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 27, verse 50, it, uh, beginning from verse 50, it says, And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice. This was before he died. That's an amazing thing. When people die, you generally, as they, at, at the very end, they are so weak, they can hardly say anything. But not Jesus. He cried out with a loud voice and he yielded his spirit. In other words, he died. Then after his death, behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth quaked and the rocks were split and the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves, after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. And then nobody saw them after that. When the blood of God hit the earth. Now let me tell you something about covenant. In covenant, usually, uh, when a man, David, cut covenant with Jonathan, what you do is you cut the blood, I mean cut your wrist or so, in ancient times, and they cut both wrists, those who want to be in covenant, David, Jonathan, they cut the wrist, and then they mix the blood. Amen? And when that, once that is done, they become blood brothers. What that means is, whatever David has, belongs to Jonathan. And whatever Jonathan has, Belong, so, David. If Jonathan, if Jonathan is in trouble by the covenant reason, David must give his life to protect his blood brother. He has to do that. Now, Abraham had the same covenant with God. And God said, now, we can't make that, so use animals. That's the way we can mix the blood. And then you have also the mark of the covenant, which is uh, circumcision. So, with Jesus, He was God. That was God's blood. Amen? But He was also human. Jesus was a man, right? If you read in Acts chapter 20, the Bible tells us it was the blood of God. So, the covenant was made between us and God. Then God is obligated based on the covenant To protect you forever. To meet all of your needs. To look into your life. To see what's going on and to fix it. He is committed to you for life. He stays that way. And so Jesus made that covenant with us. And we are blessed through the covenant that Jesus has made for us. Now what are the promises of this covenant? In Psalm 103, this is something you must not forget because this is what Jesus brought for us so that we can enjoy as members of his household. In Psalm 103, beginning from verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So the death of Jesus has benefits for you. And you must believe these benefits. That's how Abraham got into covenant with God. Because God said, Abraham believed in God. And so God made that covenant with him. So you must believe this according to the scriptures. Oh, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? So all your sins are forgiven. He heals all your diseases. How many diseases does He heal? All of it. Is this true? Yes. Because of the blood of God that was shed on the cross, you can be healed. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Loving kindness is a crown that you wear because you belong to Jesus everywhere you go. Tender mercies for you. He satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed as the eagles. All because of the blood. Because of the blood covenant. Now in Exodus chapter 11, God says to Moses, I am going to bring one more plague to Egypt. You know what that plague was? The blood. The blood of the lamb that's through the Passover. To the enemy, the blood of Jesus is a plague to destroy his power. But to us is salvation. God frees us from that. And if you read also in Exodus chapter 2, God says, I have a covenant with my people. Exodus chapter 2, I believe verse 3. God has a covenant with his people. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you enter into this covenant agreement with God. And God said uh, in Exodus chapter 2, I've heard the groanings of my covenant people, and I have remembered my covenant, and I have come down from heaven, I'm going to free them. It doesn't matter how long that situation has been in your life, God's going to free you. Because of the covenant. Because of the covenant. It doesn't matter how bad the situation is. God's going to free you. Because of the covenant. In in Zechariah chapter 9. This is talking about us now. And you've read the scripture in the Old Testament. In the New Testament. It says rejoice greatly. O daughter of Zion. Rejoice greatly. Shout. O daughter of Zion of jerusalem we should be shouting because we are daughters of zion zion actually means the church god says shout now this is what it says i will set sorry he says behold your king is coming to you he is just and having salvation lowly, riding on a donkey who is he talking about who is he talking about where are we reading? This is Old Testament. So he's talking about Jesus riding on a donkey, coming. But he says, because that's happening, and that happened, they rejoiced when they saw him coming in. They rejoiced. Daughters of Zion, and in Jerusalem, that's where he went. They rejoiced. But we're talking about Jerusalem above. They rejoiced. He, is, he has salvation for us. Salvation, freedom from everything that plagues our lives. All of the troubles that Satan has put on our lives because of sin. God has salvation in his hand, lowly riding on a donkey. And the coat of a full uh, of a donkey. Now, Zechariah, if you go to verse 11, this is what he says. As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant. This is the same chapter now. As he comes in. Because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Because of the blood of the covenant, he comes riding in, gets the blood of that covenant, the New Testament that we are in. Now, God's saying to him, Those prisoners are going to come out of their waterless pit. What does that mean? When you are in a pit and there is no water, nothing grows. No prosperity. Everything is dying. God's not there. No thriving. But God says, that's prison. But now, God's going to free them from that prison because of the blood covenant. By reason of the blood. He says, you... Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today, can I hear the word today? Even today, today, even today, I declare that I will restore, what? Double to you. Even today, God will restore double to you. No matter what's been plaguing your life, The plague has been removed by the reason of the blood. God has respect for the blood. That's usually God's last card. And they overcame him by what? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. That's usually God's last card. That's what he did with Egypt and destroyed the whole army of Egypt because of his people. They had covenant with him. In verse 14 of the same chapter, it says, Then the Lord will be seen over them. So when God brings you out, God's presence is going to be seen upon your life. Everywhere you go, God's salvation will be seen upon your life. From this very day onward, God's presence is going to be upon your life. Can I hear an amen? God will deliver double to you for all of the troubles Satan has brought into your life by reason of the blood. God will free you from everything that the enemy brought into your life. You can be free today from oppression, every single oppression. You can be free from depression. You can be free from financial headaches. Anything that is pushing you down in prison, God's going to free you from that this morning. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Then the Lord will be seen over them and His arrow will will go forth like lightning before these people of God. The Lord God will blow the trumpet and go with whirlwind from the south. When you blow the trumpet as God's doing, in the Old Testament, the blood was for the Passover, right? Passover. Everything that is not for abundant life. Because that's what the blood speaks. Jesus said, I came that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So, anything that is not from Jesus God says Passover Amen A thousand may fall on your side and ten thousand on your right side but it won't come near you. All of those things are supposed to pass over you So God blows a trumpet a whirlwind and verse 16 says the Lord your God will save them in what day? Today in that day, is this very day God wants to save you today as the flock of his people? For they shall be like the jewels of a crown, lifted like a banner over their land, over your life. That's what God wants to do for his people. God will restore this morning, double for everything that Satan has brought into your life that is contrary. To his will. Isaiah 61 verse 7 tells us. Instead of of your shame. What would you get? You shall have double honor. Can I hear? I'm going to have double honor. God for reason of the blood covenant. God will give you double honor for every aspect of shame in your life. Instead of shame, your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, you shall rejoice in their portion. They shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in the land, they shall possess double. Can you see from the word how many times God's using the word double? That's very critical. God's always saying, I'm going to give you double. But God's people are not believing it. We have to believe what God is saying to us. God wants to give you double for everything that's plaguing your life. Let me let you know this as I close. Jesus still has a ministry. Please understand that. Jesus is not just in heaven, sitting in heaven, because he has said before he died on the cross, it is finished. Concerning your sins, concerning your troubles, here on earth. the remedy for all of that, Jesus finished on the cross. That's no longer there. There's no, that's no longer there. In the mind of God, it's already done. God has already fulfilled it. But right now, Jesus is still the high priest. He's our high priest. Up in heaven. Just like the high priest in the Old Testament. He is seated at the right hand of of the Father, still ministering. And the Bible tells us He is still making intercession for us. You wonder if Jesus is sitting there now. His blood is right there to remind the Father constantly to do you good. God can never forget because He lives forever. The Bible says he's our high priest, seated at the right hand of the Father, looking into the Father's face. And so every time you groan, Jesus turns to his Father. Did you hear that? Amen? He says, did you hear that, Father? The Father has to listen. By reason of the blood. The mercy seat is right there. Heavenly mercy seat. So that no matter what you've done, God hears the groaning from the earth because by reason of the oppression. Maybe because of what you've done, Satan is coming to oppress you and you're groaning as a child of God. If Christ is in you, your voice is heard in heaven. And Jesus says, Father, did you hear that? You have a man in human form. Jesus is right there at his father's for you. He's representing you. Representing your good. And he is effective in his ministry. Very, very effective. If you don't have release, it's because you have not gone to him. Your great high priest. Deal with your great high priest. Notice the Bible tells us that his blood speaks. Not just Jesus alone. He says, the blood of the covenant that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. And Jesus, remember after Jesus rose from the dead, Mary was about to touch him, and he says, no, 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 you don't touch me. I have to go up to my father. In other words, he is going to put listen, the blood on the earth when He died, He took that same blood up to heaven where none of us has been and He put that blood on the mercy seat and the blood has been speaking goodness and mercy over your life since that day up to now. He breathed eternity past for eternity to come. He breathed it together. So when you groan out of your shame, out of the abuse, out of whatever has happened to your life, out of sickness, whatever is going on, every time you groan, your Father in heaven, the blood of Jesus speaks. Father, did you hear that? And the blood speaks better things than the blood of Abel. The blood doesn't speak revenge. The blood doesn't speak a curse. God loves. That's the blood of, of love that poured into the earth. Connecting mankind with the Heavenly Father. Forever. From eternity past to eternity to come. You can be free. All you need is Jesus in your heart. And no one knows how to be a Christian on on their own. All you have to do is accept Jesus into your life. And once Jesus comes into you, Every time you, you, you speak, God hears the voice of His Son. Amen. He hears the voice of His Son. Most people don't come because they haven't understood this. That great love that hung up on the cross on that very same day. Today, I don't care what's going on in your life. Please. God can take care of you. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Whatever that problem is, he died to take care of that problem. The reason why, James tells us, you don't have, because you didn't ask. You didn't come. God will never refuse anyone that comes to him. Never. Jesus said, everyone, anyone who comes to me, I will in no out." He will receive you if you will come this morning. Many times we have so many reasons why we don't want to come. He's going to make life too strict for me. No! That's true freedom. He was the true man, that, the only true man that lived on the earth from the time Adam was, the time Adam sinned until Jesus appeared. Adam was the first true man. When he sinned, something happened in him, his nature changed. He wasn't the way God created him to be. So there was no real man until Jesus showed up. That was the real man. And now he's showing us how to be real men and women before God. And the only way to do it is by grace of God. By going out to God and saying, God, I put your son on the cross. I did that. I was the one that put your son on the cross. But I'm demanding, I'm asking, based on what he did, I want to change. I want you to transform me. Until you give him that permission, he can do a thing for you. But you have to do that. But the day you do it, a covenant is called. It's called an everlasting covenant. And that means God will protect you with his own life. All through life. That's why Jesus said, go tell them the good news. It's called the gospel. The good news. That you can come back home to your father and he will receive you and he's not mad at you. If you feel God is mad at you, believe me, you're listening to the devil. You say, Well, yeah, Pastor, you don't understand. I've done some terrible things. I know. But he's not mad at you. He wants you home. He wants you home. He can't wait to put something new on you. He can't wait to cleanse your life and make you forget. Put away that thing that's bothering you. And then be so intimate with you so that no matter where you go, you'll feel his presence. That's why it says he will be seen on them. Everywhere they go, Jesus is with you. That's the joy I have. I'm never alone. When I sleep, he's right there with me. When I open my eyes, Jesus is always with me. You know why I know that? He can't lie. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. It don't matter how I feel; He's there with me. He can't lie. Today we want to make a commitment to Him, as we celebrate our 15th anniversary. But also, as we most importantly, as we celebrate the fact that God came to the earth to live with us and to be with us. I'm not going to turn Him away. If He came to be with me, I want Him. If you're here this morning and you've not fully, out of your heart, embraced Him, why don't you tell Him to come today and be with you in your heart? And everything is going to be changed. I remember when I received Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I'm closing, one of the things that bothered me is, God, I don't know if I can live this Christian life. I don't have the power I can't live a Christian life I wanted to be sure if I make this commitment this will last for me I had no assurance in my heart but I wanted Jesus can I hear an amen I really wanted him and most in my part of my heart also I didn't want to go to hell I've tried a little fire that was really painful because this time I really believed in hell I tried it a little bit it's, uh, it's hot in Africa here <laughs> that's bad enough without air conditioning uh, but in hell forever <laughs> please and I asked the question you mean he won't feel sorry for us and let us come out after a while he says no oh boy that's hard how can I handle that but how can I follow Jesus how? How can I live for him? I didn't know that it was so simple. I had no idea. All I had to do was say, Jesus, I want you in my life. Amen? And I did. It was an amazing thing. My life changed. I couldn't, it's, I, there's no way I can explain the joy that flooded my heart. I didn't want to go back to my old life, I, it was just something, it was foreign to me. Everything was bright new. It's like, look at the flowers. They had been there all along. The world was new. It was beautiful. I know many of you experienced this when you first received Christ, the joy. That's why the Bible says, don't leave your first love. Today, you want to make a commitment to Jesus. Amen? God found Abraham. And Abraham was willing to go all the way. You know what God called Abraham? My friend. God tested him with his son, your only son. And God pushed it. Whom you love, kill him for me. And waited if Abraham would do it. He stopped Abraham from doing it. But in God's mind, you did it. And God says, look, I'm going to swear with my own life. I'm going to bless you. I found a friend. And that's why Jesus came through that lineage. Through Abraham to us. Today, you are Abraham. Would you commit to God fully? No holding back? All heads bowed? I want every one of us. If you're here, especially if you've not really committed to him... I want you to make that commitment to him today in a strong commitment. Many times we are too concerned about what people think. That's not important in light of eternity. Make a strong commitment, especially if you don't know Jesus. This last Thursday, I was in prison with Michael ministering to these prisoners. And uh, they talked, they knew scriptures. And then I eventually asked the question. I said to them, How many of you here, if you die today, you're sure, without a doubt, you will go to heaven? All of them raised their hands except one. And so I called, we called Michael and I, called him out, What's the matter? And we explained to him with a smile he received and thanksgiving he left. If you're here today and you die today, are you sure you will go to heaven? If you're not sure, why don't you settle the matter today, just like that man did? A total commitment. At the count of three, would you lift your hand up to say, God, I'm serious. I'm coming to you. I'm coming back home. One, two, three, put your hand up. Thank you. 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 I'm so glad that many of us are making that commitment today. Thank you, I see that hand. It's very important. Now let me tell you this. Even if you didn't raise your hand, but there's something inside you that says, I should have raised my hand. You still have an opportunity. And God will still listen to you. But make a commitment to Him today. Every one of us. That you will serve God. God helping you. God is the one that will help you to live the Christian life. You can't do it by yourself. Shall we all say this prayer to God and mean it in your heart? Even if you didn't raise your hand but you know you should have. Say it and mean it in your heart. If you, if you say it, meaning it in your heart. Heaven recognizes it. Your name will be written in the book of life. Can I hear an amen? So please pray with me this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this Easter day as we call to remembrance Jesus dying for us on the cross and the, I'm being raised again on the third day. Father, we thank you. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. Lord, I receive you into my heart this morning as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.